Welcome to Know His Love Stories, where we listen to the voice of the Father through His children. Today's story comes to us from Gian. He's originally from the Philippines, and when he was seven years old, Gian and his family moved to California. After college, he spent almost three years with the Culture Project. He married his wife Natalie in 2019, and he's currently serving as the Formation Ministry Director at St. Dominic Savio High School in Austin, Texas. This is a Know His Love Story. To be honest, off, off the top of my head, the first thing that like comes to mind when, when I hear that question is like, I, I think I'm still striving and like working through that right now, you know, like just um, knowing the Lord in, in a truly personal way um, um, as, as my God, but also even specifically, I was like, what's my relationship to the Father? Like, how do I connect with him to, to the person of Jesus Christ and with the Holy Spirit? Um, that's the first thing that comes to mind. I'm like, it, it's very clearly still... I'm still like discovering that. Um, but in terms of if I can think of a, a very sort of concrete moment when I when I first encountered the Lord and what life looked like sort of before that, and then in the in the following maybe couple of years after that, was um my mind goes straight to um a, a freshman life teen retreat I went to when I was 14 years old. So um at the time, I was uh, kind of halfway through my first year of high school. I was 14 years old. And um, a friend of mine, who I knew went to the same church my family and I did, uh, invited me to what he told me uh, was a basketball camp. And um, that's all he said. And I, I, I love basketball. It's kind of one of my first loves. And um, he's like, Gian, free basketball camp. It's three days long. Um, you just got to bring like basketball shorts or shoes, gear. They take care of meals and everything. And I'm like, how much does this cost? He's, he's like, it's free. Don't even worry about it. Um, and looking back now, I realized I, I didn't know this back then, but he's also a friend who uh, like a year before that, he'd invited me to a couple of like youth retreats or these youth conferences. But I always said no. I was like, nah, I don't, I don't need to go to that like weird churchy Jesus stuff <laughs> I was afraid, to be honest, in like eighth and ninth grade, I was like, it was going to affect my image. You know, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be, I want to be known as like the Jesus freak guy. Um, there were, I think, a couple of guys in the high school that I sort of like labeled that, and I was like, I don't want to be associated with that. So I just said no. Um, anyways, a time, about a year later, he invites me to this basketball camp, so I'm all for it. I go to the basketball camp, what I think is a basketball camp, and sure enough, people are playing basketball. It's, it, there's like outdoor courts. They're like, hey, hop in. I'm like playing. And probably after about half an hour of um, playing, the uh, the coach, who I think calls everyone to center court, he's like, hey, guys, come on over. Uh, let's uh, start in prayer. And everyone takes a knee and starts praying. I'm like, what kind of basketball camp did I get myself into? You know, sure enough, after about an hour goes by, I quickly realized this is not a basketball camp. This is like a youth retreat, uh, high school, like, what I, what I called at the time, like a Jesus camp, um, where they play basketball occasionally, you know, and I was so upset at my friend for kind of lying to me, ironically enough to get me to, you know, a Jesus, what I call a Jesus camp. Um, but it was, it was really at that retreat, um, specifically Saturday night adoration. Um, I remember like it's it so vividly, I, I, I can't explain really what happened or how it came to be. But there was a moment in Saturday night adoration where um, 
I remember just looking up at um, the monstrance at the time. I didn't even know it was called a monstrance. I called it the shiny gold thing. Um, I remember looking at the shiny gold thing and after just staring at it for a while, there was some worship music playing in the background from the, the youth ministry, uh, music ministry. Um, I, I remember just having this like, almost like an epiphany. If I've ever had one, that's the closest thing I've ever had to an epiphany where it was just like, oh my gosh, that's really you. Like, and that was just the thought that, and, and it wasn't so much like that I came to it on my own or I started thinking, it just, I, I don't know, it just like hit me like a wave this like, that's really you, like Jesus, that's really you. And, um, and, and I remember just being, being floored by that and not knowing really what to think about it. as a 14 year old kid who's still in basketball shorts, right? I'm like this Jesus guy that I've been hearing about when I go to mass every Sunday with my family or um, that, I, that I hear about in my CCD classes, you know, um, like, that's really him. Like he's, he's really there. And while at the time I, I definitely wouldn't say that I had a personal relationship with Christ, I did uh, believe, I think enough that like Jesus was God. I didn't really know what that meant, but I'd come to at least, I don't know, subconsciously associate that Jesus is really God. And so that connection of like that, what I would have considered like a piece of bread, maybe previously that like the Lord was really there was just a, was a really like shocking kind of moment for me. A few minutes pass, my small group leader calls me and then he's like, hey, come on over to the room downstairs. Um, you don't need to be worried or anything. We're just gonna pray with you. And so I said, all right, no problem. And so he, brings, he leads me to this room where he's like, you know, no big deal, nothing formal, just relax. But I see in the room, there's like a chair in the middle of the room. <laughs> Where I, I know I'm going to sit. There are a couple of other people from our small group there, some of the other young adult leaders who are there. It's super welcoming. And they're just like, hey, we just want to pray with you. If you want to uh, sit down, let us know anything we can we can pray with you, pray for you. And I said, sure. And, and you know, all these people I'd really just met the day before, right? That Friday afternoon beforehand. And I was like, yeah, if you could just pray for uh, my, my, my parents, my siblings, um, you know, school, um, I kind of said school casually, but in my head, it was like, there's this girl I really like. I need her to love me. But in my eyes, pray for school. Uh, I still remember that. Um, and so they're like, yeah, sure, no problem. So I sit down and then they begin praying for me. And I don't know why, um, but I remember just feeling like, like physiologically, like in my body, I felt this like warmth emanating from my chest. And um, I just started to like weep as I started listening to their prayers. I think a part of it was just being overwhelmed by the idea that these strangers who met me a day before cared about me enough to pray for me and my family and my family's well-being. And, and I could just tell from the way they were praying, like these people really want what's best for me, really care about my family. They've never met most of them, but they're really praying in such a way where they genuinely want like them to be blessed. And that was just, that was a wild, that was a wild experience for me. And I think towards the end of that prayer, they asked me to say a little prayer of my own out loud if I wanted to, or in silence. I don't remember the exact words I said, but I remember feeling just the sense of, oh, like Jesus, this is what it feels like to be loved by you. Just this sense that like, everything's going to be okay. And like, you really, really care about me in in a way 
in a similar way to how these strangers showed that they really care about me over the course of a little over 24 hours. And so there was, there was that very clear connection there of like, wow, like, Jesus, that's what your love is like. Like, I, I may feel like you're someone I'm just learning about for the first time or meeting for the first time, but you really care about me that much. And then I went back to adoration and I would say that's one of the first times where I really kind of talk to Jesus the way you talk to maybe a friend or a family member you trust, just going up to him and just staring at the Eucharist, listening to the worship songs and, and just like praying and just talking, just talking to him, you know, like not in a super formal way. Like I was taught at Catholic school, not that that's bad, but it was just, it was like, for the first time, it was like me speaking, like me really praying with my own words. And it was, it was like, it was, I don't remember most of it, but I, I do remember praying for silly things like help me to be a starter on the basketball team next year. You know, this, this girl that I like, just things that are I don't know, like so silly, but it felt so good. And it's so freeing to like, yeah, like this is, I can talk to God about this, you know, to Jesus and, and he really cares. So, so that was um, probably the first clear, like, like that's that's what it's like to connect and encounter Jesus in, in like the person, you know. Um, what would happen through the next sort of three, four, maybe even five, six years, throughout the rest of high school and especially into college, would be sort of this wrestling, I think, um, between uh, the the man that I felt like God was calling me to be, or the church was calling me to be, or the like a holy man, a holy person. Um, and the man that in my head, like I wanted to be. And for a while, I, I couldn't reconcile the two. I, I always thought like, man, if, if God is calling me to give my life to him, and if I, if I'm supposed to be like a holy Catholic person, I had this very sort of like, um, linear view of what that looked like. Like, it was like, okay, I need to, I almost had this image of like a male mother Teresa. Like I need to look like that. Like just spend all my time with the poor be kind of you know just like meek and humble that way and and like that's what it means to love Jesus and obviously like, that's not a, like a bad thing obviously but I share that because I think I struggled with when I when I, when I put my picture next to Mother Teresa which you should never do but when I did <laughs> in my head I was like not even close not even close so how am I supposed to be holy and and so I think that I just found that daunting to be honest and so that's where I, like, there was this, this tension of like, like, Jesus, like, I believe you're real and I believe you love me, but I don't, that's that mother Teresa kind of thing. I don't think that's who I am. And so the journey was this sort of, uh, this journey, I guess, of realizing like, oh, like my path to being who God's called me to be or created me to be my own path to sainthood, if you will, um, is going to look very different, not just from mother Teresa's path from everyone else is that there, there's like a unique unrepeatable way in which I made and that like God rejoices in that. And that was a big kind of a lesson I was learning all throughout high school, college, even up to now. And I think the, 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 um, the specific ways in which that sort of manifested itself most deeply in particular were um, in times when uh, I felt like I was struggling with, with sin or times when I just wasn't uh, 
proud of myself for something I did. I struggled with, I struggled with lust a lot and still struggle with, with the sin of lust now and just how to, you know, how to uh, sort of manage or how to uh, express or live out or experience uh, the attraction to uh, women, you know, and just um, always being so like captivated by their beauty. Even from when I was young, I remember a fun story from when I was like nine years old, but I won't, I won't share that right now. Um, and just feeling like, Lord, like, I feel like this, this struggle with lust, I feel like my bisexuality in a real way is something that's almost like taking me away from you. And so, especially the first couple of years of college, I would always say this prayer, like, Lord, make me pure, make me pure. And I thought that the way the Lord would answer that prayer would be to kind of just strip me of all like passion and all sexual desire. But after a few years, I realized like, no, he's, he's definitely not taking away the sexual desire. If anything, it's that the desire is growing more and more. And, um, and so it was sort of in that context, I would say late in high school, early in college, where this sort of, to go back full circle to your question, where the sort of uh, coming to the Lord to know that like, he loves me in a personal way, like as I am, but loves me kind of too much to leave me there. You know, it was like this very clear thing of like, almost Jesus was like, you know, like, I love you exactly as you are, you know, but like, I love you too much to leave you there, you know, and because I love you, I need, I need, I, I'm calling you higher, you know, higher. Um, and so there, there was this, this constant sort of like um, striving for, you know, striving for virtue and striving to, to love God better, but also trying to wrestle with, with this, this truth that like, I don't have to get to level X or Y or Z of holiness to be loved perfectly by God already. And, and that's something that even today, I, I'll talk to my spiritual director about all the time of like, where, where's that tension of like always striving to be the saints we're called to be but not from a place of fear that if I don't reach this, God's not going to love me, but more from the place of because God loves me so much, it, it, it's, it's my privilege and my duty and my right to strive for holiness. And that that's easy to say, I think, super difficult to do. Um, and the sort of knowing Jesus in a really personal way has been sort of my just what I fall back to each time that sort of core theme comes up in, in my prayer life and just in my walk with him. So I think the first phrase that comes to mind as maybe cliche as it sound, sounds is like, to be a beloved son of God means I'm loved no matter what. And so again, even when I feel myself or hear myself saying that, I'm like, I know that in my head to be true. Uh, but I think it's a difficult place to live from in the heart, you know, to like, to, to live from that place. But I, I, but I believe that's what it means that this, this, um, this truth that I think those of us who learn to over time by God's grace, learn to live from that place of true sonship, you know, as men are, are really like the most free, free people, right. In the sense that they're, um, like I just think about some of the stories of the saints, right? Whether it's St. John Paul II or St. Francis or St. Augustine or 
and it like I, I look at the lives they lived and there's just this very real sort of like detachment from the world but also still a very clear uh realization that we're here we're here and we're called to like witness to christ but not be attached to it and i'm like that that has to come from a place i'm guessing where they they just knew first and foremost like at the core of their identity at the core of who they were they were sons of a father who loved them and who was totally in control and had their backs no matter what and so they could you know they could they could do the most courageous things or do the most humble things. And, and it just was not acting from a place of um, what's the world going to think of me. You know, I, I mean, I, I think we all struggle with that to a certain degree, but I think primarily as we grow in our, um, yeah, as we just step into our like baptismal character, as we step into our sonship, um, there's this, there's this like living from a place of, less less concerned or less you know primarily just like attached to what is what are people going to think of me what is that person going to or what is this going to do and it's just more of like lord what are you calling me to do um and how are you calling calling me to love um yeah so i i think that's what it means to 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 be a son of god or to live from that place at least um my favorite way in which jesus loves me in a like personal, unique way to me. Um, okay, this might sound silly, but I think it's the most honest answer I can give. Um, throughout the day, I'll just have kind of uh, these random, <laughs> super like random moments or conversations where I'll just bring God into whatever activity I'm doing or whatever thought like I'm having at the moment, right? Whether I'm going for a jog outside somewhere or I'm working at, on something at my office or um, yeah, I, whatever it is, right. I could be cooking something. Um, and I find that in those moments, like when I bring the Lord into that and I, I'll just begin this sort of like conversation with him and not even in the sense where I'm like hearing him verbally response to me, verbally responds to me, but I'm just talking to him Um I, I know it sounds silly, but I feel so loved in those moments because it's kind of just like raw, unfiltered, just like hanging out with a friend, you know, um, that I recognize is, is my Lord and my God and my Savior, but allows me to like approach him in that way where like, um, so here's an example. I was doing a workout um, a couple months ago and there was this part of the workout where we have to run for a long time and I really just did not want to do it. And the whole time I'm like, I was more of jogging, not really running, but the whole time I'm jogging, I was just complaining to Jesus. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, like, why is running so hard? Like my knees hurt. I'm 30 years old. My knees didn't hurt like this when I was 18. Couldn't you make our knees be strong until we're like 70? Like what's up with that? Jesus? And I'm like, it's just like this, like the fun, loving kind of I'm complaining conversation, Lord. I'm, but I'm like, Lord, I offer this to you, you know, thank you for the sky. Thank you for the, and so just like in, in random moments like that, where I can just like, I feel like bring him in to what I'm doing and like recognize his presence there and never feel like he's, I never feel like he's like judging me or coming down on me for being me. Cause I, I tend to think of myself as a pretty weird person. Like I'm kind of, kind of a spaz, kind of overly energetic or like say weird things or think weird things. Um, I, I, whenever I, I bring that to him in prayer, even just in spontaneous things of like the day, 
I feel so loved in that, you know? So as funny as it sounds, almost like in the very weird conversations or things I'll bring to him, um, I've, uh, I've come to know his like specific love for me in that way. And again, not that I'm hearing like a verbal response back from him, but there's just like this deep sense in my heart that like he's delighting in me, you know? And, and it's this, I don't know how to explain it other than, I don't know, like if you've ever felt it before where like when someone's just with you, they're not saying anything to you, but you know, they're just delighting in you. Like, yeah, like that's that's what it feels like, you know? And um, so those weird conversations, I mean, I, another example I'll share is one time in a, in, in adoration, I was um, I was with the culture project at the time, and we, we were in front of Eucharistic adoration. It was our holy hour, and it was probably like 15, 20 minutes into prayer, and I was just so distracted. And I was like, I just I can't really focus on like praying how I, I feel like I need to pray or not. And so I remember just like going from kneeling to sitting down, kind of just like putting my hands like this on my chin, and just staring at the Eucharist, and just like this random question came out. I don't know where it came from. But I was like, Jesus, like, did you ever fly? Like just the, the most random question. And I, I started having this like, this thought experiment in my head with, with Jesus, kind of in dialogue with Jesus in adoration where I'm like, Jesus, like you totally had complete power over everything. I mean, you're still fully God, right? Like, but in your human life, like as a teenager, I'm like, when you were 15 or 16, were you ever like, do you ever have a thought of like, going out to an open field, looking around like no one's here. I'm like Superman style, like like flying up to the sky. And I remember just having that conversation, probably for a good like 15, 20 minutes with him in adoration and just smiling at the Eucharist. And everyone around me was like very like deep in prayer, kind of looking solemn. And there was just the sense of that, of like, no, there was zero shame, zero guilt, that like that was my prayer at the time with the Lord was this conversation of Jesus during your earthly life here, when you were a teenager, did you ever go out to an open field and fly? And so these like super random, like silly conversations um, that I feel like I'd only have with him and feel super secure in that. Uh, I feel super like loved in a unique way in that way where he's just like, yeah, like almost the sense like, Gian, only you would think to ask me these weird questions, but I like, I love that about you, you know? And so being specifically loved like, like that, yeah. Yeah, I think I would say to, whether it's to myself, whenever I struggle with just knowing God's personal love or someone who, I think of some of the um, teenagers, the youth that I that I know and I get to work with, um, or even just some other friends that I've met in the past that might, might struggle with even just believing like that God would love me in that way. Um, I think I would say, like give him a chance, like, like give Jesus a chance to pursue you and get to know you um, just in a, in a really personal way in who you are um, and that there's nothing to fear in that, that the Lord, I, 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 would, I would say this to myself, the Lord is not um, asking you to give anything to him without first giving his whole self to you. And, and so I, I would say, um, yeah, in John Paul II's words, you know, be not afraid, just open yourself up to God, you know, without, without fear that like he's going to ask me to give everything to him right now and I don't even know him. 
but to just give him a chance to show you how he's, give Jesus a chance to show you how he's given everything for you and continues to pour out like everything to you and for you. And that all he's asking is for a little window, a little opening in our heart to say like, yes, Lord, like, okay, like I'm willing to try this. I'm willing to get to know you. I'm willing to let you in a little bit. And then to go from there, to take it day by day. Um, and to know that the process itself is not going to be necessarily <laughs> perfect or smooth all the time. It can be messy. Um, and it's a process we'll be going through our entire lives. lives. Um, but it's so worth it. It's so, so worth it. And that there's um, nothing, there's nothing, nothing at all in this whole world that that could ever compare to just the the peace and the satisfaction and the the the, the fulfillment the fullness that comes from knowing Jesus and knowing that he loves us and knowing that he loves you in in a really personal way like there's no there's nothing no amount of pleasure or money or fame as attractive and glamorous as those things are on a daily basis there's nothing that compares to the quiet, firm, perfect love for that Jesus has for you. And so to give that a chance, because you have, you have nothing to lose, you know, like in a sense, the world and all its riches and all its temptations will always be there, you know, with its, its loud sort of like, come to me and wanting to consume us. <laughs> but Jesus will, Jesus will always, always, always fulfill in a way nothing else can't. And so to give him a chance, that's what I would say, give him a chance. Whether you've opened your heart up to him in the past, open it up a little bit more. Or if you haven't in the past, open it up a little bit and and, and let him in. Um, You'll never regret it. Thank you for listening to Gan's story. I would love to share your story as well. Please connect with us on social media or by clicking on the join us link at knowhis.love.